Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Feeding Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. I keep waiting for these fixtures to turn festive, Josh. Every week, I'm like, are we there yet? (laughs) And, um, you know, we certainly had major downbeat news with Tom Lockyer this weekend. Yes. And uh, we're, we're wishing the best for him. But also like there was kind of a pall cast over the fpl game as as a part of that and listen we're just trying to rustle up some eggnog and have a good time <laughs> yeah well this this weekend uh it was you know i i didn't feel festive when i found out that uh, isak had a mystery injury every year this happens um that you have these kind of mystery injuries that nobody talks about uh and uh for whatever reason i've I had a unique ability to bring that player into my squad this season. (laughs) It sort of took a punt on him. It didn't really work out. I would say I'm feeling festive as a person. I am feeling, uh, yeah, were these, was this a festive round of matches? I would say no. Yeah. And then you had, uh, obviously the situation, Bournemouth Luton where, um, yeah. So I, the, I would say you and I, uh, our goal on this spot is to uh, always to make fantasy fun again, to focus on the positive. Uh, I think we should briefly mention the the Tom Lockyer situation and just wish him the best. And it brought back really painful memories of Euro 2020 with uh, Christian Eriksen. Uh, I have such a strong memory of that moment because I remember watching with my mom and who like never watches soccer slash football ever and uh, she was like wait what's, what's going on there because yeah, uh, yeah. there was a moment there you're like oh oh my god is this person going to you know expire on the pitch it was a horrible moment um and so yeah with Lockyer, and unfortunately it's the second time it's happened with him and so it was it was you know really scary moment i think um there was ended up becoming a lot of classic social media right where it immediately turns into like a meta debate and um i sort of you know i mean i i guess i was partially responsible for some of this uh, because I did ask what the fantasy game does when a match is abandoned. And, um, and then I sort of got um, a lot of people mad at me for, for saying that I don't, you know, whatever. And, uh, and then it was, I bet, you know, you were saying before we started the pod that I was in the wars and I didn't feel like, I felt like I tweeted something and then a bunch of people got mad at me Mm -hmm. and then a bunch of people responded to the backlash. And it's like the classic thing where by the end of the day, there were way more people who were actually responding to the initial response. Right. And so it was sort of, it's hard to say what we you know, sort of 50, 50 in the end, but uh, unfortunately it's, it's now been uh, 36 hours and um, we still don't really know what's going to happen. It's a Sunday evening. They haven't done auto subs yet. Uh, we don't know if the points are going to count. We don't know if bonus points are going to go in. We really don't know anything uh yet on in that situation and i i you know i said this uh, earlier today and i i know you don't necessarily completely agree with me in this but i, I it does feel like the the communication could have been a little bit better I, they could have at least told us that they were waiting told us what they were doing it was like they sort of waited until an hour after the game week ended to send out like a one-line statement and kind of felt like it was like coded in legalese, you know, mm-hmm. just sort of explaining what's going on. And I felt like it could have been, it could have been a little more communication about what was happening because everyone was sort of left in the lurch for, for 36 hours. And obviously yeah. in no way is this more important than, than the actual player's health. But I mean, this is, this is, you know, it's a business. Like, I mean, the, you know, I mean the, the, the premier league and you know, it's all, unfortunately you have to be able to hold two ideas in your head at once. Right. The idea of like, of sympathy and concern and then also the kind of practical matter of how you're going to resolve this question and then they they kind of haven't yet which um yeah from the from the business ideal. point of view i think the premier league 
uh, has to lead because, first of all, the league to whatever degree is responsible for the players' physical health and the, and the mental well-being. And also the clubs yeah. the clubs are going to want to figure out what they want to do for the purposes of the league table. If you abandon yeah. this match, are we going to replay it? Are we going to start it from the 65th minute? Um, or are we just going to take it as a 1-1 draw? I can't imagine a scenario in which the FPL game would be allowed to go off on their own and sort of set some sort of precedent. Uh, now, again, like right. hold two ideas. The FPL game is separate from the league. Who's to right. say the FPL game can't do something different? But they are they are quite intimately tied because they're they're uh, from the the same company. And right. I think the the game is it's fine for them to just wait for the Premier League to decide what to do. Give them give them a few days, right? If they do in the next couple of days, I mean, are they going to make a decision by Wednesday when the when the game week has to end because the next game week kicks off? And if not, do they just sort of wait out the clock and I just never do auto subs? Like I, you know, at some point they have to make a decision, and so maybe the Premier League decides what to do. I mean, it seems you know, extremely clear that they're just going to replay the fixture. I think the fact that it was a, it was a, there was a draw already. Um, and uh, you know, I don't know. So it, it seems to me like that's almost certainly what's going to happen here, but I, I, yeah, I, I guess it's fine that they are, it's okay that they're waiting another day or so to decide what to do. I do kind of wish that they were communicating what was happening a little bit better, but, um, I don't know. Maybe they saw what happened to me when I asked about points and they, um, they got, they got scared. To yeah. I mean, who are so, we? Well, we're just, you know, fantasy jokers. Uh, we don't need to know what's going on. Uh, I mean, sure. But why even do this pod then? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to tell you, you know, it's like, like, it's like, yeah, like, of course none of this matters. Like, you know, that's like the only thing that matters. is. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, I'm just saying we're like, not going to be the first game, to know. It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's like if you play that game, it's like, what's the point of doing any of this? It's like, yeah, I'm just curious, like literally what's going to happen to the game that we do a podcast about twice yeah. a week. And I'm yeah, not sure yeah, why that's yeah. like a ridiculous question to ask. Um, no, so yeah, it's, it's, I, I, yeah, there's there's curiosity. And uh, I feel like, Josh, you're being a little impatient. And I know you well enough to know that when yeah. you when you're you're a dog with the bone and that's mm-hmm. what I love about you. So uh-huh. um, I'm just not a sentimental person. I think that's what it comes down yeah. to. And, uh, you know, the the Premier League, it's, it's a sentimental kind of league. Right. This is the same league that canceled a weekend of fixtures because the queen's nephew was a patron of the arts right this is there's sort of it's, it's so i can see why they're sort of they don't want to come off as insensitive or anything like that and I, that must be what's what's happening here so fair enough you know it's yeah. uh i i you know what i'm just i ultimately i'm just too much of an american for this kind of stuff i guess and uh, so yeah I mean, you're, well, you're a little gentler i think perhaps that's right uh i mean fpl guy asked a question as such can we clarify in no uncertain terms that form uh, a total objective and unbiased point of view it would be absolutely unacceptable wrong against the fpl spirit bad for the game and unreasonable to take solanke points from us now let's Mm -hmm. let's predict uh you know we've kind of like set our piece in terms of where we're at with this situation now let's do some real predictions about where we think this game week 17 will be by thursday when game week 18 kicks off what do you think is going to happen yeah, and I mean, I, obviously, I hope we don't wake up tomorrow and everyone listens to this pod and it's all been resolved. Uh, we're just we're just speculating here, but I I guess um, I think that 
there's at least a chance. I, it's so interesting the way it happened. I mean, it's sort of, um, I mean, the whole thing's obviously just really unfortunate, but the fact that Solanke became the most bought player this week, right? And so it was sort of a unique, a unique situation. Like a million people brought him in. And minutes before Lockyer had, um, had you know, had his had the incident, um, he scored a goal and he was um, on target for three bonus points. And so it's a pretty significant, significant decision, right? What they actually do fantasy wise in terms of the actual game itself. So um, it's sort of interesting because if it was just even a couple of weeks ago, a Bournemouth Luton game would not have been quite so explosive in terms of what decision they were going to make. Right. Uh, But because now he's one of the most owned forwards in the game, uh, it does become a slightly bigger factor. So um, I think what they'll probably do if they make a decision that the game is going to be fully replayed, I think they probably treat it like a, like an abandoned game and they um, reset the points to zero and do auto subs. I think that Mm -hmm. would be really really unlucky for everybody who brought Solanke in. I don't know how else to like, again, this is what I think will happen. It's not what I want to happen. I don't don't really have an opinion one way or the other. I mean, I've been looking at these, you know, like live FPL and FPL game making all these sites and they all have factored in Solanke's points. So it's like, I've already made my piece with, with him sort of affecting my rank. Like it does not, um, you know, and so I don't know, I don't know what the fairer thing to do is, I guess, I mean, can you give him three bonus points for a match that isn't completed? I mean, it's probably fine. I, yes. I mean, um, is that like if they do a full – I mean, I guess the question is if they do a full replay, is that a double game week? Or I guess the other way to do it would be um, they consider this a completed match, right? And they yeah. allocate bonus points accordingly. Yeah. And then they have this re- this replay that happens at some point. And that is basically just a match that doesn't count from a fantasy perspective. That would be one other way to do it, right? It's just like it's just not on the fixture calendar. It's just not no. you know, it's that yeah. might be one way to do it. The other would be the sort of COVID rules of it would be Luton v Bournemouth plus, like when they did mm-hmm. game week thirty three plus, game week thirty four plus. Right. Um right. Yeah. I would not be surprised, honestly, to see them just uh close the game week, not allocate the bonus points and give whoever's scored their points by the 65th minute, those points. And then, yeah, uh, there is an opportunity down the line for people to bring in Luton and Bournemouth players for a double game week. So for those who had these players in game week 17, they can double dip. I mean, why, why not? Yeah. That actually seems in, in the always cheating parlance, the more, fun way to do it let's yeah. give everyone an opportunity like most, to have more more points yeah that does seem like the most fun way to do it so let's let's end our discussion our non-discussion discussion on that note brandon and uh game week 17 in the books looking ahead to game week 18 there's no man city there's no brentford in game week 18 um there was no holland this weekend either that was a, a huge source of late drama on friday you know tracking his planes and all that stuff mm-hmm. um trying to see if he was gonna and then pap even threw in a little note at the end well maybe he'll surprise me right it was sort of like just <laughs> give everybody a little bit of doubt although honestly that's more than any how gives us so i'll take sure. it right yeah um so i think uh my game week was a, a bit of a dud. I got to be honest with you. It was a pretty tough one. And uh, Fabian Schauer going down with an injury. Uh, Ariola didn't play again. Um, Isak, surprise mystery injury. It was just, it was a week where in hindsight, I, I really should have just like burned four or eight, right? And just kind of remade my team. And, um, but I kind of like the way my team looked. I mean, I ended up bringing in Watkins. I got nine points from him. So that, nice. that worked out well. Um, you know, Alvarez, total bust again, just a, a, a total, 
he's just not a fantasy player, right? He's just not somebody that we should we should have. Um, Don't bury the lead there. Of. Who who did you bring Watkins in for? Right for Holland. So uh, yeah, which even that I'm sort of like if I'd known Alvarez was going to blank again, I would have just kept Holland right yeah. and, and brought uh-huh. in uh-huh. and brought him in for Alvarez. So um, yeah, so I feel. I mean, so the transfer was 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 great because I I took a I turned a non-playing player into a nine-pointer. So I I feel good about that. Uh, you know, assuming that we do ultimately get auto subs, I'll be on fifty-two points, which is uh, it's like enough. It's it, you know, it's one of those weeks where it's like I'm actually kind of in like a gray arrow in the game. But in my mini leagues, I got killed right mm-hmm. because um, I don't have Poro and I don't have Arsenal defenders, and that was a real killer mm-hmm. for me this week so um yeah pretty just a just kind of a, a rough weekend i would say um mm-hmm. and uh that's that's without me uh, battling uh uh without me going in a blocking frenzy on twitter um saturday afternoon which was always always a fun way to spend your afternoon especially when you have a cold just sitting on the couch just blocking right. it, was, it was you know it was honestly kind of it was therapeutic i enjoyed it sometimes you just gotta block you know sometimes mm-hmm. you let people in and sometimes you you just have to push them <laughs> yeah, away exactly. uh exactly. just just like our fpl assets i i fared slightly better i started off at a disadvantage by taking a minus four and i took that pretty early on in the transfer window and i brought in Levi Caldwell from Chelsea. He came in for Trippier who wasn't going to play in 17. And then uh, who did I, and then Hungman's son I brought in for Martinelli. There were many moments during the, uh, the Arsenal match today where I thought, Oh, Martinelli is going to punish me. He had a few uh, golden chances against Brighton and uh, Brighton mm. are, are not very stout in defense. Uh, but I do feel like my team has been, like you were saying, to take minus uh, transfer penalties, I was able to remake my team just a little bit. Now, Colwell, it's worth. Yep. Yeah, you've got you've got um, Gusto, who's healthy again. You could always play Kukurea as a as a fullback. How sturdy of a starting uh, defender is Colwell? We'll wait and see. But I I've, I've been so enticed by this Chelsea run that I'm now tripled up. And Raheem Sterling. Uh, praise Jeebus actually came through with, with an attacking mm-hmm. return. Yeah, I will. I will take it now. Now he's meant to be my differential over Cole Palmer, who's the who's the favorite pick. But at least I also have him. Uh, yeah. Clean sheet, great were, assist from Palmer. Just oh yeah, like total great. like heads up play. Just wow, they're like no whistle. Just throw the ball back in. One hundred percent. I felt yeah. a little bad for Sterling in that Palmer was getting all of this shine from the commentators about being, you know, the city boy. He came from mm-hmm. Man City and Raheem Sterling is there, you know, kind of messing up chances and doing his thing. Yeah. He's like, hey, yeah. I <laughs> I won a few <laughs> trophies with, with, yeah. with that club anyway. That's true. It's it's weird how like, yeah, what a great, I mean, it's kind of wild like that he's, yeah, I mean, just the, the just fact that he's been at Liverpool, Man City, and Chelsea is like kind of a it's a there, there's such big clubs to hop around to, yep. right? It's like it's so it's yep. so wild. Yeah. Yep, yep. He he will be remembered. So my my auto subs will be Leno coming in for Ariola and Lascelles coming in with his clean sheets. I actually am collecting clean sheets. We need to talk a little bit more about defense later on, Josh. I have yep. decided to keep Holland, and as we look ahead to game week eighteen. The question is, do I continue to keep him or do I use this as as an opportunity to drop? So we can dig into that a little bit farther. I will be on a green arrow regardless of what happens with the Luton-Bournemouth match, and that would be my third green arrow in a row, probably up to 
1.35 million. Off we go. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of on a, a, a gray, as I mentioned. Um, yeah, when you looking ahead to 18 though, um, you know, we'll take some questions uh, from listeners later, but, uh, just in your personal squad, what are you thinking right now? What are the transfers that you're considering? What are you looking at? Sure. Yeah. I think the most straightforward move is to put, uh, Solanke in place of Julian Alvarez. And that would be my okay. one free transfer. Yep. And I have sense. a cushion, I have 0.5 in the bank as a cushion there so I can withstand uh, a price change. But I think if I see a price change is about to happen there, I'm just going to go ahead and, and make it. I mean, if you look at Bournemouth's fixtures, it's just, it's really enticing with Solanke in the next two with Forrest, and then they host Fulham in game week 19. Right. gets a little right. trickier. Even Spurs. Sure, Spurs are, you know, they're, they, they've got some injury issues in the defense. So Spurs in 20 and then Liverpool in 21, not great West Ham. And they get good again. And they, they sort of reverse it. They play Forest at home and then Fulham away in game week 24. So I think it's kind of a, it's going to be a fun roller coaster with Solanke. And if you look just at the, the top points getters Solanke is, if you look just at forwards, Solanke is the fourth highest, uh, just above, uh, you guessed it, Josh Kuna, uh, at Wolves. Yeah, it's not been a yeah. banner year for, forwards but i think solanke there we can talk about other options but i just like where he fits overall in a fourth uh a three four three budget and to have mm-hmm. like a sort of lower price guaranteed starter who's not uh and cameron archer sort of a guy so i just feel like he is a long-term hold just for that budget. Yeah, I, I like the Solanke pick. I, I may end up going there myself. I think um, I, I also have Alvarez, who who really has to go. I mean, I, I just have a, a number of problems. I mean, I have uh, Isak, with, who may or may not be injured. We I honestly just have no idea if he's going to play in that Luton match. So we haven't heard um, anything yeah. from Eddie Howe well, about Well, just said he's... Yeah, he had some kind of like, you know, it's like a thigh, some some sort of, you know, hamstring injury that he's been kind of nursing for several weeks. Apparently. Oh, it looks like Char um, looked like he'd be subbed off in the first half, like for the past three matches that Newcastle yeah, have yeah, played. He's always I mean, coming up with something and playing yeah, through it. Exactly. So Char Char is uh you know Char is out for sure. Uh, I would I would imagine and uh, yeah Isak I you know who knows Ariola not clear if he's going to play. Um, so that's that's like three of my eleven right there. Um, I uh, yeah I mean it's just like I have just so many problems and so for me I'm and I'm also just like super frustrated. Like I'm just not my like you know my sort of feeling right now about mm-hmm. my team is not a, a happy one. I'm not feeling great about, about my squad. And so I, I'm, you know, I'm really, I think I'm going to take at least a minus four just to get some like kind of dead weight out of my squad and, and try to attack the, the next couple of game weeks a little bit more. Um, there's a question about wild cards that we're going to get to later. And uh, we can talk about that a little more there too. But I think um, I just have a couple of problems, you know, I still don't have Poro, which has just been killing me. And so, you know, bringing him in is probably, a, the number one priority for me uh, and Shardaporra would be kind of a move I that, that seems kind of easy to sure. make. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, a minus four, you know, could be Solanke. It could be, um, it could be that I fix another midfield problem and hold Alvarez, even though I don't really want to. But I mean, the, the thing is, Man City do have a really, well, I mean, it's, it, uh, that's actually a good question. How nice is their run? Like, because game week 19, right? So they, obviously they don't play in 18. They come back from the World Club Cup 
And and KDB, by the way, was named to that squad. And he was like sitting on the bench with, the, with them today. So does, is Alvarez maybe in a little bit of risk that he might start to get a little – he really hasn't been rotated at all, right? Yeah, and so, he started um, every match. Yeah, and, uh, and, and you know, and played a lot in Europe as well. So uh, although he's been rotated a lot in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, you know, I think we could maybe see a little more Alvarez rotation coming up. Um, Everton away, I think, is suddenly feeling like a slightly trickier fixture for Man City. Um, shocking that they dropped points today, right? It was really um, kind yep. of remarkable. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think I think they're kind of in a tough spot now. And, um uh, you know, and so I think Everton could could give them trouble. I don't see that like that being a match for Man City, especially coming back from this kind of international trip right in the middle of the festive picture season. Then coming back and, and just sort of dominating Everton doesn't feel super likely. But then they do play Sheffield at home in game week 20, which obviously is by any for any club, it's a great fixture, and for them especially. And, you know, a way to uh, kind of damage Newcastle in game week 21, uh, home to Burnley in game week 22. So if I end up holding Alvarez, I don't see that as a disaster, right? I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I, like I just said, like, five minutes ago, he's got to go. I mean, I there's the problem is there's, like, no the, – the, the pool of forwards is super poor at the moment. You talked about Cunha a moment ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like – you it barely goes like six deep, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, Alvarez is actually the third highest rated forward in the game. You have you have Holland, who's been when when healthy as as awesome as ever. Watkins, who's been almost as good as Holland this season, he's been you know incredible, uh, so consistent too. Uh, and then from there, it's like okay, you have, you have Solanke, who who has come on and, and certainly played well, but I mean he's you know I guess he's got nine goals in the season, so I'll, I'll give him some some shine. He's been he's been very good, probably a little underrated. We probably could have talked about him more in the pod. Uh, and then from there, you've got Cunha, who's like you can't trust him uh, fantasy wise. I feel like you have Darwin, who's the ultimate can't trust player uh eduard nicholas jackson isak and ketia i mean there's just like kind of nobody right it's yeah. like it's i mean i guess like maybe gabriel jesus is sort of flying a little under the radar right because yep. he was injured missed a bunch of matches early on um has a uh, nine point return and 11 point return in two of the last three so you know maybe we want to consider him a little bit more he per- um perhaps it, yeah this is what i'd like to what i was kind of intoning talking about solanke's price like do you want to pay a million more just to get the number 9 on the top team in the league and i just like i don't know that you're getting that much more from gabriel jesus than you are with solanke can you use that extra million to get to pedro poro can you use it yep, to yep. uh do something more in your midfield uh that's the question that i sense. have I like. Yeah. I, I think Gabriel Jesus becomes more intriguing once you, once we're at the tail end of the season and you want that explosive differential. Yeah, I think that I think you're right. I think you have, like you said when you talked about bringing him in. I think I think he does offer a little more balance and maybe it's a little easier to to. I don't know. I mean, it's like he's probably like slightly benchable as well, right? So maybe that enables you to go with like a three-five-two sometimes, right? And and sort of. I gotta play some like check Bowen one of these days, Josh. Yeah, you gotta play. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that is yeah. So game week eighteen again, no Man City, no Brentford. The Brentford thing would have been a lot more relevant if Mbomo hadn't hadn't gone down with with that injury. But uh, as it is, it actually does kind of affect me because Ariola and then um, and then Flecken, who I, I have to say is probably the single worst transfer I think I've ever made in fantasy. I don't honestly know if I've ever made a worse move than, than bringing him in. I mean, this is on a wild card. So, uh, maybe I'll just say he's the worst wild card decision I've ever made. I, 
it has been a joyless own having having Flecken in fantasy. Um, and he was actually on for for uh, Max Bonus today too. Max yeah. Bones, Brandon, until uh, <laughs> until the the red card. What a, until he got faced that, that, with a good shot. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you know, by then it was by then it was eleven on ten, so I guess True. I guess that's something. But uh, I also thought, like, I, I was joking earlier about how, um, uh, and I was joking on Twitter about how I, uh, you know, you're getting older when you feel like every red card is a bit harsh. You know, and that's, mm-hmm. that's like, basically every red card decision. I'm like, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah, like, it I studs like up just, over the ball, just, pretty harsh. Well, I just felt like he was like he was going for the ball there, right? I mean, it's sort that of like doesn't I, I matter know though. I know, but it's like, and he's been he's been out for three games now because he made like a like a like a bad tackle. Like it's, it feels yeah, like uh, sure. it feels it just feels like a little harsh. I mean, he's their best center back and makes a point. You, you got like an inst, instant decision, and it just, yeah. you know, but you've yeah. got to protect the other player on the uh, you know if if that goes the uh, if that goes worse, the player on the receiving end of the Ben Me challenge uh, breaks their leg and they're out for yeah. far longer than three matches. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's basically true. a way to police that from not happening as frequently. as No, might. that's true. It's like the Pickford Van Dyke thing, right? Where that sort yeah. of kind of ended their season, right? When, when they lost him. So yeah, fair. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to get him like a high. Yeah, that was, that was the, thing, the like such a banter game. I mean, the way at yeah. the end it was Neil Malpe versus Emmy Martinez. Uh, that yeah. is, there are uh, stand-up sets in in the middle of Omaha, Nebraska, that are funnier than whatever it was that they were doing. Oh, that was just obnoxious. I mean, Emmy was just he went he went for it with that with that with that dive. I mean, the point where you couldn't even be they didn't even book him for diving. I don't think, which is incredible. Like, it was such a funny. It was just too funny. I think they just was like, let's just let this go. You well, know? then uh, yeah, and then like, at yeah. the end when Emmy got frustrated that Mape was trying to out Emmy Martinez him, and then tried to pull <laughs> right. his shirt off off of his back, and then everyone just. <laughs> freaks out it was <laughs> yeah it was outrageous. constant gets a red well yeah then you had you had Kamara, um, Kamara got the red I or think. Kamara excuse <laughs> me yeah. and um yeah and then I mean Watkins probably probably started a little bit of it to be honest but apparently he said he was responding to somebody in the in the stands who was giving him some abuse and so oh, yeah, and I mean, Thomas Frank enough, lectured him at the final whistle which was just like dumb like get out of here dad yeah let this man yeah but cook. If, you, if you literally stand in the goal of your opponent and cross your arms and look to the stands uh, after scoring the game when you go like you got to expect someone to come up and like give you like a hard shoulder right like uh that's people do yeah. not like that like that's uh, you know that's not gonna everyone uh, yeah it's you know, fine everyone gets to say their piece and and ollie watkins yeah. gets to yep. go home and uh and sleep very soundly tonight so that's <laughs> <Yeah>. true <laughs> All right, so this is a lot of we, – we talked about a lot of drama. We talked about our teams. It's time to look ahead uh, to Game Week 18. Uh, first, though, Brendan, I want to uh, just do one final shout-out. I guess this this might end up being our last the last holiday pod that some of you listen to. We're, we're trying to figure out when we're going to do our next one. Unfortunately, the you know, we, we, the, the Always Stream podcast comes out on Monday mornings, as everybody knows. But um, next uh, Sunday is Christmas Eve. Sunday after that is New Year's Eve. So I think our plan is to do a pod uh, after the next game week concludes. Um, uh, well, no, actually, no, probably after the like um, uh, maybe I should have like actually thought this out. Right before we start <laughs> yeah, let's, about this, well, but, yeah, we'll, we'll figure yeah. it out. <laughs> We'll figure it out. Exactly. Probably the the middle, like that, the week of late December, we will get a pod out, probably looking ahead to that weekend's matches because otherwise the turnaround is, I don't know how, I don't know what the audience is, Brendan, for the LSU podcast on Christmas morning. I assume it's 
hundreds of thousands. It's of too people. big. It, it may frankly. be, maybe, yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah, that, that's the really promise. We don't want you to get in trouble listening to this <laughs> podcast in front of your family. So, uh, as a as a public service, we will not record a Christmas Day pod. Uh, all right, well, let's take. Uh, but I I wanted to say uh, a shout out to the Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go to support the podcast. Uh, get access to the Discord. The Discord was nice and spicy uh, this weekend, Brian, with all the all the spiciness that was happening. I was having some many fun, chili peppers uh, yes. in there. I was yeah some some of my real thoughts about some of the drama that was happening spilled over into the uh, into the Discord things I didn't want to say in the public uh, Twitter forum uh, but you can talk with us we do an extra podcast each week uh, and um, yeah so if you if you've enjoyed the podcast or I don't know, you got a Christmas bonus or something you want to say thank you go to patreon.com slash always cheating uh, wanted to do a special shout out to our newest Patreon supporters we got two this week Jamie Duncan and Jason. Thank you to Jamie Duncan. That sounds like three people, doesn't it, Brandon? But Jamie Duncan is the first person. <laughs> and then and it's Jason, just Jason just no from the Friday name. the 13th Yeah, movies, exactly, right? Friday the 13th. Yeah. He specifically said Jason from Friday the 13th Part 3. So that yeah, is the... Yeah, you could have just said Jason Voorhees. Mask. It's fine. Yeah. We know who that yeah. is. And it was not funny that he doesn't get the mask until 3, though. And, and everyone <laughs> iconically thinks of him as having the mask sure. the entire time. But the first two, there's no hockey mask. Well, it was it was proto-Marvel. There was like many origin stories of Jason before he actually yeah, dons true. the uh, the famous mask. Yeah, <laughs> Jason mask. colon origins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's take a break. We'll get back and talk about Gaming 18. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Brad, we're back. Game Week 18 kicks off on Thursday, December mm-hmm. 21st. Palace and Brighton. A, a kind of pure watchish game, I would think. I mean, I don't know. You have a you you still have a do you still have Gahey? You still have uh, I Thunder, sold right? Gahey. I had to get out of that car oh. crash um, okay. as quickly He's, as possible. Gahey became Pau Torres a couple weeks ah, ago. So yes, yeah, this okay. this is a full on pure watch for me. And I guess my first piece of advice to any FPL managers listening is. Uh, you should also make this a pure watch, Palace Brighton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I think so. I think uh, Brighton. It's. I was surprised that Brighton. It's it, interesting that this is the week finally where um, we finally got clean sheets. Uh, there was a question from FPL Brooklyn. You said are, are clean sheets back in FPL, and I don't think so. Um, but I do wonder if there's a kind of exhaustion that's setting in. Like yeah. there's so many injuries right now and you and i were talking about this before the pod and 
sometimes I think we forget that there are eight Premier League clubs <laughs> yeah. in Europe right now, right? Fully 40% of the Premier well, League. Has I te- been technically, in now we're down to six with Newcastle and Manchester United being ousted. But that's true. Up to this point, it's true. It yes. has been eight yeah. teams, and would, and all 18 would still be feeling the effects. I mean, it's certainly Newcastle is, yes. even though they're out of Europe. So, totally. v- valid yeah, point. I, there was a little pedantry there for you. No, 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 but but clubs that are either in, in it for the first time or don't have the squad depth to 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 yeah. rotate, right? Um, you know, Man City is yeah, Arsenal, I, maybe to a degree as well now, but um, you know, the, Liverpool almost maybe, but you know, the, like there's a couple clubs that have enough squad depth they can like heavily rotate for Europe. But I think some of the other clubs have just been playing their top guys. I think Newcastle really wanted to have a go of it in the you know they had the a Champions. tough like, group the, too tough group too exactly mm-hmm. really tough group and uh so i think that that really hurt them and i think that that has to be a significant factor for why they've had so many injuries yes. i mean uh it's it's on it's I, you know i think it's just a i don't know that there's really an explanation beyond that beyond just playing more matches and it feels kind of fluky right like mm-hmm. it's we, i don't i can't remember ever seeing a team this this kind of banged up with injuries right it's like we've seen Joe Linton and Char go out and you're like, that's, that's it. Like that's the entire, and even, even Trippier, right. He gets suspended, but then he got injured in the, yeah. the final champions league match. And so I think that's kind of tricky. You have him in your squad still, right? Are you, um, I mean, you have to just go ahead and start him right for the, for 18. I actually, guys. so that was part of my minus four going into game week 17 was Trippier oh. out. And I brought in Colwell to <laughs> afford to go yeah. up to sun. So I have dodged. Cause we should start posting each other's squads again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's all that. good. I mean, it's Trippier is a funny one because he, mm-hmm. Even after that yellow card suspension, I think people were transferring him in because he is having such a great fantasy season. He just does seem like a defender you'd want to keep and hold through the good times and the bad, and I'm sure he will come through later on. But now I would give anything to have Trent Alexander-Arnold in my fantasy team. Lord knows how I'm going to afford this guy and and how to make Mm -hmm. that work. Can you tell me Mm -hmm. how to turn Levi Caldwell into Trent Alexander-Arnold? Well, just don't get Holland back, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and then, right, then, right. then it's very easy. Yeah. I do. Well, I, I mean, this does get to something, though, which is um, we are about to have a lot of extra money available to us um, in game week 21. Uh, Sala. And unfortunately, by the way, one of the most fun players you could have right now would be Kudus, the, the West Ham yes. midfielder who had a brace today. He is about to leave in, in four weeks for, 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 um, uh, African Cup of Nations, mm-hmm. or F, yeah, F, for Fcon, uh, and then the the Asian Cup also takes place at the basically the same window, yep. like I, almost effectively time. the same same time frame. Um, and so Sun, Sala, Kudus, um, Nana, Huang, uh, Huang um, yeah, and Bomo if he's healthy, uh, Visa. Um, so many players are going to be leaving in in you know three weeks time, or I, I guess technically four game weeks from now. They'll be, they'll be yeah. leaving for. For Afcon, and so it, it they does, all got together and they said, "We're not playing enough football. Uh, what can we do to play more yeah. football?" And it was great, great yeah. idea, guys. Yeah, and it's a little tricky to figure out. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. It feels like there's there's so much happening yeah. right now, but um, I guess everybody got the summer off. Well, that didn't really help with injuries. I thought like yeah, but with the summer off, <laughs> like everyone's gonna be yeah. healthy. It's like <laughs> the most injured season I can remember. Um, maybe they just have to keep playing all the time. It's like if you ever, it's like these people who like never want to retire because they're like, <laughs> oh, this is the second I retire, I'm gonna like uh-huh. pass away. Yes. And it's like that's uh, that's these yes. footballers. They just have to they have to play twice a week, or they're just yeah. gonna you know their their bodies are gonna fall apart. Sure. Um, so I think we're all gonna have a little more money for players like Trent because it's just gonna be really hard to hold 
a 12.5 billion sala a 10 whatever he is right now son um in your squad for one two three four weeks um and both both the um the south korean uh team and the um Egyptian team are both good enough to make the elimination rounds of both of their tournaments. Of course, you don't know uh, how long that's going to be, but um, we also don't know if they would necessarily get right back into their squad. Uh, the last time that Salah went to the African Cup of Nations, he came back and basically played like two days later, and he really was did not play well, right? Mm-hmm. He was sort of a, a you know, just sort of a, a, a kind of worse version of his of, of yeah. himself, and so I wonder if that is a factor that they they consider. Maybe just give him a little. They have a little more forward depth right now as well, um, and so you could play. I mean, obviously, no one can replace Salah, but you at least have some options now who can you know can you can play a Diaz, Gakpo, um, Darwin front three, right? And that's that's like a workable thing for a couple of weeks. Yeah, it is. It it. I feel like to decide between Sun and Sala is the choice I'll plan to make. Like I will drop one of them and reinvest. And if you look at Liverpool's fixtures, like starting in February, Liverpool has Arsenal away and then it's Burnley, Brentford, Luton, Forest. The fixtures are, are remarkably good. But you would say the same as Spurs, Brentford, Everton, Brighton, Wolves, Chelsea, Palace. It's 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 tough. These guys are good. The fixture run is good. I just can't see myself dropping both of them, especially if it look maybe if Holland ends up also being out for an extended period of time. Yeah, the Holland thing makes things very tricky as well, doesn't it? Because um, it's, it, it, the worry, I guess, is just that it's, um, this is going to be something that kind of dogs him all season. Right. Um, and, uh, because I think it's the same, it's the same ankle, right. That, that knocked him out for a game week, um, earlier on in the, in the fall. So, um, or the autumn, if you will, Brandon. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you just still have to get Holland and hope that he's healthy, but um, it does add a little extra anxiety, I think, to um, to our planning. Um, well, and, and just like, do we have a question about yeah. Holland? Can we or can we talk a little bit more about Holland right well, now? Well, yeah. I just I just want to finish the clean sheet thought though sure. for a second, yeah. which was we did we did see uh, we yeah we we got pretty far away from it for a second there, but the I do wonder if there is a level of exhaustion with all these teams playing in Europe, all of these injuries that have kind of come, I think probably from that, at least to a degree. And maybe we do start to see some more clean sheets just because the kind of forwards, the attacking players are maybe not at, at their best. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and maybe it's like the, 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 the kind of attacking is like a little dulled and maybe that leads to some more, I don't know. I mean, or, or it's just a kind of fluke thing. It was just, it was just very surprising that we finally got kind of everybody keeping a clean sheet, right? Liverpool, Man United, Spurs, Newcastle, and Arsenal <laughs> all mm-hmm. keep all get clean sheets. Only Man City, of course, uh, who, despite still having like the best defense, uh, never seemed to keep them anymore. Um, so it was, a, you know, so FBL-wise, it was great. I don't know if it lasts. I mean, I think it probably lasts for literally zero weeks because uh, when you look at Liverpool and Arsenal playing each other um, on uh, December 23rd, it's hard for me to see that being a nil-nil. I, that, it, I, that feels like a, both teams are going to score kind of match to me. Look at look at the the rate at which clean sheets are coming. Just because we had clean sheets this week doesn't like dramatically change the rate at which they're coming into our fantasy team. So just like, 
trust that process. Uh, yeah. Um, we all got, yeah, we all got clean sheets at the same time and we're all going to go back to not getting them ever again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. All right. So, all right. So let's go to the, yeah, the Holland question then. So a couple of questions here. I'll, I'll, I'll group them together. Um, leisure rules asked who are the best non Holland forwards to guess for the festive fixtures. And then uh, Paul Goldsmith says uh, Holland misses 18, then has game week 19 and 20, two days apart. Right. So important two mm-hmm. days apart. So, if he is at all kind of injured, that is that is definitely a you know concern. Whether he's going to play 180 minutes, you know, across 72 days or 72 hours, um, he has a stress injury in his right foot. Surely wait until Salah goes to bring him back in. So that is the question: Would you be willing to go without Erlen Holland for Sheffield United at home, Brandon? I think I would. Uh, if, especially if I have already transferred Holland out, I would go that route. I have kept Holland with the idea in my mind of there's no way we don't get more clarification during this club world cup. If Holland doesn't play, uh, then I, I am probably going to be planning on getting rid of Holland in the next couple of weeks. If he is named to the bench or starts one of those matches, then I have a pretty clear idea that I'm going to keep Holland for the rest of the season. So it's kind of cut and dry for me. I, I I think the blank for game week 18 for Holland is a blessing for those who have kept him because it is uh, should be a really valuable data point for how you want to play him going forward. It becomes very stressful for the managers who have sold Holland if we do get news, if we do see Holland play at the Club World Cup, because then suddenly, Josh, all those other problems that you're looking to solve, now you feel like you have that sort of Damocles held over your head because of Holland. But again, going back to the Sheffield United match, and it's coupled with Manchester City's, frankly, pretty pretty horrible uh, by their standards form, and they are not scoring in a free-flowing way the way they have in seasons past. And there are other captainable options, talking about our friends Mo and Son, who still have another three or four game weeks left to go. I think there yeah, are options three, to keep your team afloat yep. that are beyond Holland. So it, does, it doesn't feel like a life-or-death sort of decision, but it does feel like a really interesting strategic decision about keeping versus selling and, 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 and yeah. so on. How are you feeling about your position uh, having sold him? Yeah, I guess, um, I mean, it goes back to what we talked about at the top of the pod. I guess I just feel like I don't need him for 19. And, but I, I just really, even if he doesn't play a minute, I, the idea of, of a team like Sheffield United playing Man City at home and not having Holland is just, um, it's kind of unacceptable to me. <laughs> like, uh-huh. like, right. I mean, assuming that he's healthy and, and, and gets minutes and plays in 19, I mean, I guess the ideal situation, right. This is like, if everything works out perfectly would be gets some minutes in the club world cup comes back, um, comes off the bench in the Everton match, right. Gets 30 minutes. Then he's probably the most must buy yeah. you uh, than a player could ever be right yeah. ahead of game week 20. Um, I guess the, the scariest version of the story is doesn't play a minute in the club world cup, uh, comes back, plays a full 90 pictured in, in the, training in the Everton uh, match. Yeah, the day yeah, before yeah. the deadline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plays the full 90 in the Everton match and looks 
gassed by the end of the match, right? And like, you know, it looks like he's uh-huh. looks like he, he's barely hanging on. And then they play Sheffield two days after that. So that would be, I guess, the, <laughs> the scarier version of it. I don't know. It's probably it, the, the narrative is probably not going to fit that neatly, right? One way or the other. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I think um, going without him for game week nineteen feels fine to me. I would say at the moment, I may or may not. I, I just feel like I'm like. The amount of injuries that I feel like I'm, I, I, I know I'm not alone here. I know a lot of people are, are going through this, but mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't been able to make a strategic transfer in several weeks, right? Every single week, all I'm doing is just trying to get enough players out there, mm-hmm. like to mm-hmm. field a full 11, because uh, there's just been so many injuries in my squad. And so that's, that's kind of where I am right now, too. I mean, Isak moves to Holland really easily. So it's just whether I move him to Holland in 19 or 20. That's mm-hmm. that's really what it comes down to for me. Um, and, you know, the best non-Holland forwards to get you the festive pictures. I mean, I think it starts and ends with Ali Watkins, right? He is uh, number one with a bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, I am leaning towards captaining him uh, in game week 18. Um, and uh, I think, I mean, you know, you can make a case for Salah just as a kind of perma-captain home option. But I think that, I think you can make a really strong case for for Watkins um, in, in game week 18. What about Nicholas Jackson? I mean, you, t- you gave a pretty strong case for Dominic Solanke earlier on the pod. Yeah. What about Nicholas Jackson? Would you would you consider him at all? They play Wolves. I mean, Wolves are, I, Jose Sa may not even be ready, like healthy to play this match. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I would love a freeze frame on Nicholas Jackson's face when he scored that goal from the Cole Palmer assist. <laughs> it was yeah. like he had that that look on his face of like record scratch. You might be wondering how I got here. He, <laughs> yeah. like he, couldn't, he couldn't quite believe it, right? He could not believe it. He just was yeah. staring at the linesman just kind of like it was almost like he w- didn't want to be there. It was very strange. Yeah. And then He's the camera throughout year. that match kept uh, going over to Nkuku on the bench, which is sort of a um, uh, an exciting thing to come for Chelsea's starting 11. How does that impact how they want to set up uh, the attack? And with each passing match, Cole Palmer looks absolutely undroppable for this attack. So then, I mean, Mudrick is... <laughs> It's, it's completely the opposite. I think it's pretty pretty uh, straightforward what Pochettino is going to do. I, but but Nicholas Jackson just doesn't seem like what we're looking for. He looks like yeah. the risk that you would take bringing on Gabriel Jesus. It feels like the same risks with Nicholas Jackson, but Gabriel Jesus is the far better player on the yeah. far far better team right now. Now yeah. that's it's more it's more money to spend. That's a good that's yeah. a good call. Just, I've got Jackson at six point nine and okay. Gab Jesus is uh well he is set at seven point nine. So it's just a one million difference. Okay. It's not huge. Yeah, but uh no, it's, it's it's not huge, and uh, yeah, what an interesting arc for for Jackson Beck. Yeah, I guess he he fell all the way to six point eight. He started at seven, up to seven one, down to six eight, back at six nine. That I guess that's the right place for him. I mean, in the end, he has how many how many goals has he scored on the season, Brandon? He he's scored. I've got um, it right here. Yeah, seven. Yeah. 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 Not terrible, really. I mean, if if he was, if if it you know it hadn't been for for you know the injury to. Um, uh, and Cuckoo, he would have been the kind of this kind of sub, like this forward who got subbed into matches, right? And it would have been like, oh, he's like he's a player for next year. Um, and I, but I think in the end, it's it just hasn't looked pretty. But uh, he's he's had an okay return, all things considered. Yeah, it is a little flattering that result against Spurs, where he had that sort of like um, 
just happened to be there hat trick where it was just finishing yeah. all of these um, things on a platter, including the goal uh, today against Sheffield United. So, but the goal, a goal is a goal is a goal. Van Nistelrooy took them as well. Yeah, but just on the forward front, I think maybe you just have to go with two at the moment and just and maybe just not and just kind of punt on that. I mean, unless unless you really want. I mean, I think Solanke also. I mean, I'm t- totally happy to vouch for him as a pick. I think just looking up and down the premier league though. Right. I think the, the situation with Isak and Wilson, they're both just too good. Right. It just makes it like too hard to <laughs> yeah. have either one in fantasy because they just rotate too much. And, uh, and Wilson, you know, he came back a little sooner than I was expecting to be honest as well. Um, he has now played, you know, he said two starts in a week, which is kind of a lot for him. So if there's even a chance that Isak is going to start this game week 18 match, I'm just going to have to hold him and, uh, you know, and hope for more news over the next couple of days. Now there's a but really I cheap. I wouldn't recommend anybody buy him. No, and, and speaking of not recommending, but there is a very cheap option that we haven't mentioned yet. That that jumps down to GP's question: Is it time for most of us to stop ignoring Everton? And Dominic Calvert Lewin has started the last three matches after coming back from injury. He has just one assist in those three matches, and he struggles with the X minutes. But five point eight, I think. He becomes a kind of interesting option if you want just a placeholder for Holland. If you're doubtful about that, you want to get some minutes out of a team that's kind of in form. So I guess overall, do we want to kind of talk about what's going on with Everton right now? Their upcoming fixtures, uh, Spurs coming up in game week 18, followed by Manchester City at Goodison Park. Wolves, Aston Villa, Fulham, and then Spurs and City again in game weeks 23 and 24. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, on the one hand, I was going to say, well, maybe we missed a, a window to get their defenders in, right? Because um, they've kept clean sheets in four consecutive matches. Uh, but on the other hand, they've, they've played some pretty difficult matches in that time. I mean, Forest away is often a, a tr- yeah. it's been a tricky match for a lot of clubs, especially for even just in terms of clean sheets. Uh, Newcastle uh, at home, I mean, even though it's a kind of, Banked up Newcastle team. That was still a really nice 3-0 win for them. Uh, Chelsea at home, another clean sheet, Burnley away. So, um, yeah, I don't love the next two matches, but long term, I think um, it's just crazy. I mean, it's just so funny because I had Pickford early on this season. I had him for his two-pointer, zero-pointer, two-pointer, one-pointer. It was like I had him for the own goal. Um, You know, it's such a long season. You think back and you're like, was that this season? Uh, But, um, you know, I I think the potential was always there because – they have a they have a number of strong players in their defense, and they have a good manager, right? Or they have a good defensive manager anyway. And um, it seems like they finally started to figure things out. It's a shame that Michael Lenko is um, mm-hmm. has this muscle injury because he's the one that I think is the most tempting out of those out of those options. But they're all really cheap. I mean, Tarkowski would be one of the safest players you could you could buy if you're wild carding, yeah. for example, right? Like if you're if you're one of these game week twenty wild carders, I think Tarkowski would be a real candidate for for your squad um because he's 4.4 million he just kind of sits at the end of your bench you know really easily and can kind of sub in over the course of the next you know, 15 weeks or whatever yeah and he's playing well and to make michael Keane also look like a decent center back i think you got to give tarkowski some of the credit there too i like that pick i did not actually realize he was 4.4 okay um because i i used to think pickford was the only pick of the bunch here i like that price yeah, and even Michaelenko, if it once healthy, right? So maybe maybe he's fine in a week or two. Uh, only four point six, which isn't bad either, right? So I think um, in terms of the Calvert, Calvert Lewin in the forward in the midfield, though, like Decore now has an injury concern, hamstring, which is just like the thing I, I like. 
if there's one thing I don't want to have in one of my fantasy players, it's mm-hmm. a hamstring injury, right? They just like, they never seem to go away, right? It's just like, it's always a risk. They have to be managed really carefully. Uh, so Decore is out now. And, um, and yeah, Calvert-Lewin, I think is just, he's just, I mean, talk about injuries, right? This guy is just like a walking injury concern. So, although he has, to be fair, he's played a lot this yeah. this season. But um, one, one, yeah, I just one, you have to struggle to notice that he's playing. Sadly, yeah, just yeah, just three goals in seventeen matches. So it's a yeah, not not an amazing return from him. All right, so let's see what else are we? Yeah, so I think we are not ignoring Everton any longer, but we're also not strongly recommending any anybody for the next couple of weeks. So. What a boring answer that is, Brandon. Uh, Amar V has a question for you. He says, is it worth taking a hit for a goalkeeper transfer? It's a spot that I am finding myself in at the moment. Okay, um, so that yeah. means it is never, you would agree with this, Josh, it's never worth taking a hit for a goalkeeper if you have a starting goalkeeper, even if he's flecking, even if he's like the worst keeper in the league. If you yeah, have no keepers to play, uh in your situation, maybe you're thinking you just got to rip the Band-Aid off and resolve this and bring in a keeper that yeah. you'd be happy to start every week. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. And uh, that is sort of, you know, whether I go with a minus four or a minus eight in some ways comes down to that decision. I think, um, I think the player... Now, on the one hand, of, of, of course, Dubrovka is is like feels like a strong candidate. I do want to look a little more into just how long that we think um, that Pope's going to be out for, right? I think that's the one the one concern is I just don't trust how at all, right? I mean, he's <laughs> he, he's not giving anything even close to reliable information about any of these players, right? Yeah. You know, Wilson was supposed to be out for months, right? He was out for right. three three weeks. It's like it's just like I, everything he says is a lie, right? And so it's like it's hard to know. <laughs> Yeah. What's going on with Pope either, right? The and latest so quote, um, the latest quote yeah. from Eddie on Nick Pope was, there's no doubt he needs an operation, so he will be out for a period of time, we think, for around four months. It's the same shoulder okay. as previous, but a different part. Ben Dinnery has him listed as an April 13 return, but that doesn't diminish anything okay. that you've just said. It's it's true, Eddie, how uh, uh, his his main currency is, is lies. So, but, <laughs> Although but, if but, it's, but that's, if, if it's that I think late, it's safe. Yeah. It's if it's that late, safe. that probably does, that probably does elevate Dubrovka, uh, in, in my eyes a little bit. Um, and also, I mean, you know, they, even though they're, they're, they have so many injuries, um, they have a nice match, right? I mean, they play, I mean, half the, half the Premier League plays them as well, of course, in game week 18, but they, they play Lutentown in game mm-hmm. week 18. And so it's a nice, uh, you know, and I don't know. So I, I feel like, you know, now would be, Given that they're playing Luton in, in 18, given that some of us don't have a keeper, I also, I'm just wondering, you know, like maybe we should be resolving these keepers. Like maybe the, the like received wisdom on transferring goalkeepers needs to be rethought a little bit because I have had an absolutely terrible experience with my goalkeepers so far this season. And I'm kind of like you, I'm like, oh, I never want to waste a transfer on a goalkeeper. And it's like, but instead I've just had these terrible keepers yeah. that don't get saves and don't get clean sheets. Right. And it's right. like, Give me one or the other, like at least, you know, so I think Dubrovka and Leno are the only two that I think are probably yes. worth a minus four. I mean, I, I guess you could look at like an Emmy Martinez type keeper. He's just a little too expensive. He's more than I would ever spend uh, on a keeper. So when you're kind of, in that kind of 4.5, what I mean, maybe Leno's up to like 4.6 now or something like He's that. He's 4.7 but, uh, now. Uh, see, I might just be too high now. So I, I guess let's just make this really easy. You have Mar- <laughs> Martin Dubrovka. 
he's he's four point two. Uh, I mean, honestly, I should have just bought him a few weeks ago, but he's he's four point two. I think I think he probably makes the most sense. Um, and because they are a strong defensive team, they have a couple tough matches coming up. In in um, they play Liverpool and Man City back to back weeks in in, in twenty and twenty one. Mm-hmm. But even then, I, you would imagine that he's going to make a bunch of saves in those matches, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and anyway, when you're making a keeper transfer, you shouldn't be focused too much on the like immediate you know like a, a tough fixture ahead yeah, right? right yeah you're just gonna look at like look at them as a long-term buy yeah and I, I do think pickford is also uh should be lumped in here i mean he's at 4.4 very cheap look at his mm-hmm. returns in the last four matches all wins for everton against burnley chelsea newcastle forest seven yeah. points seven points yeah. ten points six points yeah i think he is he might be my top pick if you don't want to go up to four seven for leno yeah, I just can't forgive him <laughs> yet. Uh, yeah, you started how, the how season with him, and it was team, a really disaster yeah. there, true. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, one more question, Brandon, before we go to our kind of final thoughts on Game Week 18. Um, jo- Jozo says, uh, any advice for those of us who have hoarded up our wild cards? Right. So if you've, you've held yeah. on to your wild card, you've got a couple couple more weeks still to, to use them. Um, I know that a lot of people are looking at game week 20. Um, so you have 18, I think 18, 19, and 20 are the final three weeks to, to use your use your wild card. Um, God, and congrats. If you were able to hold on this long, Brandon, what a... What incredible self control you have! You know, to last to last this long with your with your wild. Have cards. you given up hope on the game week twenty double possibly for City and Brentford? Is that has that ship sailed? I would assume so at this point. Yeah, there was some. I saw Ben Krellen doing some like tea leaves reading about something that um, Pep had mentioned that they might have. You know, they might they might play that match in January, uh, but it feels like at this point it's getting pretty tight, right? Because that game week. 20 is basically like a week and a half from now, right? It's like, you know, and so it's, it's, it's pretty tight, especially when you consider away tickets and uh, police presence and all that stuff. So I, I don't think it's likely at this point, although again, the January fixtures are really spread out. So, you know, I guess you could, you could play it and then put it like in 21 maybe. Um, But let's just, let's just table, Let's, let's table the double for right now because I don't we don't we don't know you know well here here just getting back to the the heart of the question I feel like the festive fixture is a very hard time to play that wild card because there is the fixture pile up and you see some rotations some of the time so I think in playing your wild card in the festive period you go with the very reliable players who have those high X minutes and you feel like they are uh, fairly rotation proof. Yeah. And I think, I think waiting until the festive fixtures are kind of wrapping up. So like 20, it does feel like the best, right? Like wait as long as you can, you have as much information as you can. But Brendan, if we just do cast a glance ahead to the next seven, eight weeks, I think uh, a Fulham defender would make a lot of sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably. Uh, Ant- I think Anthony Robinson has been playing great mm-hmm. um, is a, will be a strong contender there. They have a lot of um, solid home fixtures over the next few weeks, right? Uh, Burnley at home, Everton at home, Bournemouth at home, Burnley away, um, and uh, and Bournemouth. It's weird the way they've they, this like weird 
I, I don't know why they like this. The seesaw is happening so fast where it's a, uh, it's Burnley, Bournemouth, Burnley, Bournemouth in 18, 19, 23 and 24. Um, so, but I think, I think a Fulham defender would make some sense. Um, I think I, if you could try to find a way to get a Villa triple up, I think that would also be something worth considering. Um, the question would be whether you want to trust Leon Bailey. I mean, obviously he had this injury immediately came on and got an assist. So I think he'd be somebody to, to consider um, as well. He's super cheap and he's been playing incredibly well. So maybe yeah. like Villa defender, Bailey Watkins. I think that'd be a trio I, I would look at. I like that. I mean, Villa are the real deal for sure. And mm-hmm. the sooner Emery's in a position where he never has to play Maddie cash again, I think they'll be even better. Like yeah, what, a, what a miserable season that guy start. is having. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, I think uh, Jared Bowen uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's kind of, he's, he's the one midfielder who's not le- like in the premier league, it seems like who's not leaving for AFCON or the Asia cup. So, uh, I think he would be another discord. Yeah. Finally got a goal today. He's been kind of threatening for, for a few weeks. And, um, so Bowen, um, obviously Holland, Cole Palmer, maybe a Chelsea defender. Uh, I think one big question that I don't know that I have a great answer to is, uh, how many Arsenal players I would want. Like if I were wildcarding over the next couple of weeks, what I want um, it feels like, I mean, partially you do have to think a little bit about, about ownership across the fantasy game. Right. And like when, when Arsenal kept a clean sheet today, it was an absolute killer for my rank. Right. So yeah. many people have at least an Arsenal defender, if not multiple Arsenal defenders. And so, um, you know, outside of this Liverpool match in game week 18, it's, it's a pretty nice run for them over the next few weeks. Uh, West Ham, Fulham, Palace, Forest. So, um, I, I think you could make an argument for having at least one Arsenal um, defender on a, on a wild card as well. Definitely. And yes, I think Saka is some a, a guy we've been dancing around for the last two months. And he will be the guy we talk about the most when Son and Salah start leaving our teams. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, frankly. Top of the table, league leaders. Let's get him in our fantasy squads, shall we? I know. It's I, I feel like we dodged a bullet with him the <laughs> yeah. last few weeks, right? Yeah. He's got like one assist. That, that's mm-hmm. that's it. So um I, I know he got yeah, like I actually thought I was kind of surprised he didn't get the assist on that goal today. Yeah. Um I don't know if you've seen the highlights of it, but it was sort of a I flicked have. on header. Yeah. You've yeah. seen him given, haven't you? Yep, you've seen them given for sure. Yeah. Uh all right, Brandon. Final thoughts on game week eighteen. Um captaincy. I mentioned leaning towards Watkins as my game of 18 captain pick. Um, I just think he kind of makes the most sense. I could see Arsenal giving Salah a little bit of trouble in that match. Um, obviously, we don't have a Man City player to captain for 18. Um, what are you thinking right now for, for game of 18 captaincy? If I look at my bus team right now, I have the I have Watkins captain and I have Salah vice captain. Son, I like as an option, always with the home fixture. I just wonder with that Spurs Everton match where Everton are going to play a little bit more compact and make it a little bit more difficult for Spurs to attack and sort of play contrary to them where Liverpool and Arsenal will be both two very attacking teams going out after each other. It could be more open and it'll create opportunities for Salah. So for me, it's between Watkins and Salah and I favor Watkins right now. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel as well. I mean, I think the only, Concern is a little bit of X fun factor because Villa play on 
Friday. It's a little early. It's, a, it's sort of like captain and player in the early match. But um, I, I think that's I, I think that's like obviously a little a little silly. And I think um, just given who they're playing, given just how incredibly consistent he's been, also factoring in how well Villa have played at home this season, it's yes. hard to not see that as a pretty dominant match for Villa. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, sure. I mean, Sheffield United will try to. You know, I'm sure they'll, they'll try to low block them and 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 do as much as they can to 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 shut up shop. But I, I just don't think they can do it, right? I don't think they have the ability to to keep to keep Villa out in that match. I thought, yeah, a, a team sitting deep. Brentford played kind of differently in all various phases of play, but when they sat deep, Pau Torres was getting so far forward, like he was Antoine Rudiger, and he was uh, <laughs> playing great attacking balls into the 18, yeah. and he was yeah. racking up the bonus points like he was trippier or something like that i i just think he's a really interesting pick especially for these games where villa are just gonna bully teams yeah um i i like i like yeah i like torres too i think uh he's like ninth on my list like i, mm-hmm. I want to get you know, just yeah. there's so many other props but honestly you know if i was talking about making a, a you could do worse than if you're gonna take a minus four Make it a minus four for a Villa defender it has a kind of logic to it because it's just hard to see a scenario where they're not more likely to keep a clean sheet than this home right. match to Sheffield, right? Like Man City haven't been able to score there. Um, Arsenal have not been able to score there. And, uh, you know, a, a fluky thing can always happen, right? Ball bounces the wrong way. Uh, corner kick finds the right player. But in general, it feels like there's a pretty strong chance that Villa keep a clean sheet that match. So if you're in a spot where you just need people to field for game week 18, yeah. I think that a minus four for someone like Torres has a kind of logic to it for sure. Yeah, captaincy is done and dusted. I think I think we're kind of zeroing in there. The ex-dog in him brought to you by the hit movie Strays. Check out your nearest red box. Uh, we love we like we love physical media on this podcast, oh, and that's, that's how it. we're Laser watching strings for sure. It's on Laserdisc too, Brandon. We should we shouldn't sell Laserdisc short. You know, it's absolutely, on, it's on not. yeah. yeah I'll, be, I'll be yeah. I'll be uh, hanging out in my dad's basement for Christmas, <laughs> going through all the greatest Laserdisc from RoboCop yeah. to, uh, to Goldeneye. To, yeah, yeah, Goldeneye exactly. So when you're looking at these fixtures, Josh, who's got that X D I H factor? Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. I you know, I, I sort of bigged up him already, and so it feels like kind of a boring answer, but I, I do think Leon Bailey has a lot of potential for this for this match. I think that he uh he he got his like little kind of injury rest recovery moment. Uh-huh. Um he's been playing so well though, and I just think uh Villa are really gonna be dominant in that Sheffield United match. And I think I think Bailey who another player, by the way, kind of like Jordan Pickford, I had Leon Bailey for a lot of last season, and he was not a fun player, but I I was always kind of rooting for him, right? He's sort of uh yeah. he's from he's from the North American continent, you know, that's sort of fun. I like to root for my my North American players. And so, um, you know, so, uh, I mean, Jamaica, that's part of North America, right? It's, uh, you know, it's more, more or it? less. It's, no, con- it's we like could just call it CONCACAF anyway. Yeah. I guess it's Latin America. Actually, it's not North America at all. Brenda, you have to forgive me. I'm on a lot of cold medicine right now. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, yeah. Geography wasn't clear, is, no one's coming on here for geography cold, lessons. So. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, anyway, I like, yeah. I like Bailey. That's I like the, I like that pick too. And Bailey has been like the standout. Pick, I think for the last four weeks credit to our friend Mark Southerns who jumped on him pretty early doors I will call out what will be the match of the game week uh, Liverpool v Arsenal for all sorts of reasons 
I think Darwin Nunez might have that X dog in him and owners will be beyond impatient uh, with Darwin at this point. But as I said, wow. I think this game is probably is it's either going to be nil nil or it is going to be 10 yeah. 10. And if it's the latter, I think Darwin Nunez owners will be rewarded unless unless Claude goes decides to go with Gagpo. But I like I like Darwin yeah. with that X D I H. Okay. Wow. I mean, that's that is a real zig when everybody else is zagging. Kind of. We didn't. Even, I like. We didn't even talk about him as a forward option. Well, this. I, like, listen. The the dih. How you I think. Buy him though. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not a recommendation that you actually play them. It's just. Uh, it, this is a vibes yeah. check right here. Yeah. Uh, if you can only watch one match this weekend, what could what what should you watch? I mean, I suppose the obvious answer would be um, Liverpool Arsenal, but just to go off the board a little bit, I think this Wolves Chelsea Christmas Eve match yeah. could be kind of fun. Uh, Wolves another team that've been a lot better at home than away, um, and Chelsea are a real like you never kind of know what you're going to get any any given day with them. Um, I think that could be kind of fun. It's also just unique to have a Christmas Eve match, so. Uh, eight in the morning, bright and early here in the U.S. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that could be kind of a fun one. It's kind of an incredible opportunity for Wolves, if you go back to your North American con, uh, comment, to garner a lot of new fans outside of yeah, England because there are a lot of American Chelsea fans who will be getting their, their young children out of bed to watch this <laughs> match at 8 a.m. Yeah, and their kids <laughs> will uh, you know um, hate their parents for that and decide to yeah. root. For the team that is well, not if Chelsea. their kids, if their kids are anything like mine, uh, they'll be up uh, well before I am, uh, which is always the case with with our with our seven year old, uh, always up a, a solid ninety minutes before I even like before my alarm even goes off. Nice. Well, we'll put out the Cheerios for your kid and and make sure they Perfect. they know how to tune into Wolves beat Chelsea. <laughs> I like I like that pick. I do think that's going to be a good game. And Gary O'Neill. I I can't believe that I thought Bournemouth were a bunch of doofuses for sacking Gary O'Neill for this uh this this guy from the from La Liga who now it mm-hmm. turns out is the real genius and Gary O'Neill is actually a Gary I O'Neill. Think, <laughs> I think they're both good. I, I think I think I think you're making this too binary. Yeah. I think that uh yeah Ar- Ar- Ariola is who you're thinking of. Yes, um, right. But um, I think uh, I think Gary O'Neill's done a very, very good job there as well. I think he's made Wolves a lot more fun than um, than they had been the last couple of seasons. I, I yes, yes, they could really use uh, a string of wins like they were having earlier in the season. So yeah, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for you, Gary. Let's let's yeah. have everybody yeah. win. <laughs> yeah, everybody win. All right. Well, that is uh, that's your pod, uh, Brandon. This cold medicine is is taking over for me. So, can you take us home here with a thank you to our uh, Patreons? Oh yeah, yeah. <coughs> oh god, no, I'm wow, dying too. You. Wow, yeah, I transferred it right <laughs> yeah. out of the uh, internet. Of course, if you love always cheating, if you love what you hear, and you want to say thanks in return, as you can find multiple levels of support at Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating. The big part of that is we do give you an extra free ad free podcast every week and access to the discord chat forum producer thank yous uh, our top pledgers mike DePietro, trevor ingerson our buddy chris howell Bobas coon james holland dave wagner lodal nick ray lazaros yanos jesse halstead bruce kerr brian chin blair jacobs and todd byerly andy portlock at fpl merch carrie swanson jefferson turner buffalo wild Mings, francis moore sam shower caleb robbie Bulger, Paulson, Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, Shalin, F. Kadakia, 
Terrence O'Donnell, Heath Cran, Thomas Tislov, Noah Louise, Travis Grant, Linus Fennerstrom, Dan Parsons, James C., Matthew Skinner, Fro Jacobson, Brennan, Daniel Hart, Lolly, Ben Coombs, Eric Kite, and Gareth H. Listen, if Patreon's not for you, give us one more for the road in 2023. Give us five stars, or rate us, review us wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media because there's no better way to have a nuanced conversation about football, soccer, and, and fantasy games than yeah, social yeah. media. So true. For yeah. all this information Gotta and more, please visit our website, alwayscheating.com. Josh, best of luck getting over this cold. You'll be in fighting shape for Game Week 18 and the holidays thereafter. Mm-hmm. Uh, good luck, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, everything. Bye. All of it. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.